Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am your moderator for today, and a re- uh, recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, February 12, 2018, and we are reading from the big book. We are on page 25, the third full paragraph. Today's readers are Stacy T. on the 12 Steps, Mary Jane Z. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Kathy Jo P., Ashley P., and Kathleen O. The reference numbers for uh, Sunday's special edition on 211 is 11,033. And for this morning, the 7 a.m. meeting, Eastern Time, uh, February 12th, is 11,035. And our newcomer greeter is Melanie C. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Add a vision for you, big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Stacy T. to read the 12 steps of OA. Good morning. This is Stacy T., gratefully recovering compulsive overeater in Cleveland. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thanks for letting me do service. Thank you, Stacey T. And Mary Jane Z., would you please read our 12 traditions? Yes, good morning, Abby Hearn. Yes. Yes, this is the 12 traditions. Oh, this is Mary Jane Z. recovered in Kentucky. These are the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop compulsive eating. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, 
finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and television. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me be of service. And I pass. Thank you, Mary Jane Z. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your sharing to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 25, the third full paragraph, and I will ask Kathy Jo to get us started. Hello, this is Kathy Jo P., a recovered compulsive overeater in Minneapolis, Minnesota. If you are as seriously alcoholic as we were, we believe there is no middle-of-the-road solution. We were in a position where life was becoming impossible. And if we had passed into the region from which there is no return through, through human aid, we had but two alternatives. One was to go on to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could, and the other to accept spiritual help. This we did because we honestly wanted to and we were willing to make the effort. So I literally at age 49 thought that I would die around the time that my dad did. My dad died of a heart attack at age 49 and I would say from this disease. And I thought that that was my bitter end and that's the way that it would go for me. I'm now approaching my 56th birthday, and I don't have a thought about how long I'll be here, which is a complete miracle for me. And <clears throat> I also don't think that my life is going to be bitter and my life is going to be intolerable. I don't have to blot out the reality of my life. Do I have struggles still? Yes. But I literally wake up every single day feeling at hope and at peace and connected and grateful for my life that I have today. That is a huge miracle for me because I woke up every single day in remorse and grief and sadness and hate. And it was not that I weighed 303 pounds. It was the, um, 
where life was impossible and that I was crashing in with everyone, everywhere I turned and feeling disconnected from my higher power. That was complete hell. And all of that has changed for me because I accepted spiritual help. And by the way, accepting the spiritual help is today. I've already today been on the phone with two fellows working out snags that I had in the last couple of days and looking at how can I show up differently and how can I do it differently in order to feel connected to my higher power and my people. And it does not come, you know, easy. There is work involved. But the work is so different than the labor that I had before I came in these rooms. I spoke at a treatment center this past week about my story. And I talked about when I weighed 303 pounds carrying a suitcase up some steps. It wasn't the suitcase that was heavy. It was my heart and it was my the burdens and all the worldly cares that I was carrying around and the character defects. I love it when people say, I might have lost 100 pounds, but what I've lost is all of that muck and pain and character defects and anger and resentment that I was carrying when I walked in the rooms. But by doing this work, and being willing to do it. I was willing. That's time. I am able to change, and I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy Joe P. Who would like to share on what Kathy Joe just read? Julie E.B. Marietta P. Julie E.B. And that was Roz G? Yes. Okay, great. Thank you. Who else? Dorita P. Sherry Katie. Dorita P. Katie F. One minute. Sherry Katie. And Katie F. Ashley F. Mercy. Sorry, who was that? Who was the last person? Ashley P. Okay. Thank you, Ashley. Okay, so here's who I have. Marietta P., Julie E.B., Roz G., Dorita P., Mary K.B., Katie F., and Ashley P. Please go ahead. Okay, Leah, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Okay, Marietta P., please go ahead. Can you hear me? Yes. Great. Thank you. This is Marietta P. from Virginia. Boy, you know, this to me <laughs> is really a turning point. Um, if I was seriously, alcohol, you know, compulsive reader, you know, I had to believe there was no middle of the road, and which means to me no, uh, no half measures. You know, I, uh, you know I, I previously had tried half measures, you know, doing what I wanted to and, and not picking up. The program of recovery, what <laughs> so graciously has been given to us in this book, outlined for us in this book, you know, and I am so grateful that I accepted the spiritual help, you know, took the hand, literally, of another compulsive overeater who had found the recovery that was, that is offered to us in this book, and to me, you know, I had to get it out of the us and stuff and and realize this is talking about me and my life and my situation, you know, or or go on to the bitter end, you know, eating to blot out my consciousness about the intolerable situation of my life. And I didn't realize that, uh, you know, in addiction that that's what I was doing. And today, you know, I have this spiritual help, this, you know, this, the, the 12 steps as they're laid out in this book of Alcoholics Anonymous telling me precisely how to recover 
and you know it's uh, you know the doctor's opinion says this is of utmost you know uh, importance, and and I today I have to believe that for me to stay the course to take other women through as a recovered compulsive or take other women through this process because it reinforces my process of staying in the solution and not seeking that middle of the road that, uh, you know, the half measures, because half measures availed me nothing. And today I know that, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Marietta P. Julie E.B., please go ahead. Hello, this is Julie E.B., Gratefully Recovered uh, in Colorado, um, sharing Recovered for the first time on the line. Um, this section of the book uh, gave me a key spiritual awakening um, of the educational ver- variety. Um, I had no idea the miracle that would happen about a year ago when I started uh, to be abstinent, commit to a food plan. Uh, but then uh, when I met a vision sponsor and began to highlight and just read this book together, um, this simple program of action that my higher power, who I'm, I choose to call God, would um, show me amazing things. I was reading this sentence. One, one was to go on to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could and the other to accept spiritual help. And I was looking up definitions, and I saw this word consciousness, and I realized how much I had heard it on the line and read it in the book. Well, of course, I would have to increase my consciousness of God, my awakeness to my higher powers work in my life, because I spent so much time blotting out my awakeness, blotting out my consciousness of all that God was doing, living in self-pity and living in um, a victim mentality, living uh, as if life was doing me wrong or I had this reason or that reason to turn to the food and to have this uh, spending time in this mental twist. So so there, this chapter is called There is a Solution, and, and this is the heart of it right there. Um, if 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 I had spent, and I had some difficult circumstances, so, but I would turn to blotting out my awakeness of my intolerable situation. Now I can be awake to my intolerable situation, but I have my higher power and my fellows and my outreach calls and uh, my sponsor and most of all my program through the 12 steps um, offering me uh, spiritual help that I willingly accept so thank you for letting me share. Um, I pass. Thank you, Julie E.B. Roz G., please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy K. Thank you for your service. Uh, well, when I read this paragraph, there's so much I could focus on, but I'd like to look through and think about the human aid that I tried to get recovered through. I didn't even know I needed recovery what I thought I needed was to lose weight. And I sought years and years and years of, of different kinds of human aid. And, uh, you know, my, my big thing were celebrities and, uh, you know, envying and admiring celebrity bodies and, you know, getting their books, going on the Dr. Phil show and um, getting two books from Dr. Phil, one that he wrote and some other guy that he uh, purported and um, then actually going on Oprah's All Stars and it was the you know being a person who had gone on over twenty diets you know that was I was a guest and, it, and none of that worked all of that human aid none of it worked and I'm sure that sounds familiar to everybody who's listening right now but this is just me and so. I didn't even realize that I, I had to, that the big book was spiritual when I finally, you know, came into the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous and still tried diet, dieting, you know, in those rooms. I did not realize that the, the, the help that I had to accept was spiritual. That 
the way for me to recover and live recovered is to live, and I was going through the doctor's opinion yesterday with someone, is spiritual and altruistic. I have to uh, live a spiritual life depending on God through prayer and meditation every day, twice a day, and throughout the day. And um, I have to give of myself every day, whether it's program-related or not. And I I was talking to my sponsor this morning, and I was thinking about it, and I have been living that way for a long time, especially, well, mostly through listening and participating in Vision for You Overeaters Anonymous meetings, along with my face-to-face meetings. But just the, the direction of focusing on the big book way of recovery, lit, taking it literally, doing, you know, praying when it says to pray, taking action when it says to take action, looking at my character defects when it says to do that. And I live in recovery, in recovery every day. Do I live perfectly? No. Do people bother me sometimes? Yes. But I have tools to be able to combat all of that. And I'm glad, you know, nope, there's no middle of the road solution. There's two ways I have to live, altruistically and spiritually. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Raj G. Um, Dorita P., please go ahead and share. Thank you so much, Kathy K. Thank you so much for your service. My name is Dorita P., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Cleveland. And I'm really grateful to be here. It's a, I'm sorry to take you off speaker. It's a um, privilege to be here. It's, um, I'm grateful to be here. Um, it's a privilege and honor to be at a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. Everybody do not get this opportunity for whatever reason, and I'm just really grateful I have a seat here. And I just wanted to comment on uh, there's no middle-of-the-road uh, solution. And, um, you know, like the you know, uh, person before me or a couple people before me said, you know, this chapter is there is a solution. And um, there is a solution. And I don't care what anybody says, does, whatever, in OA, there is a solution. And... Um, and for me, um, I'm grateful that um, I'm grateful that this is a 12-step program. I'm grateful that it's not a 154-step program. And like the one uh, person said, um, you know, it reminded her of uh, half measures. Yeah, it reminds me of half measures too. You know, half measures is confusing to me. Um, you know, because I tried to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but not, you know, I wanted to do step one and then three and then 12 and then eight. Uh, no, uh, one through th- one through 12 in order. Um, and so, like I said, I'm just grateful that this is a 12-step program, and it's a simple program. It's not easy, but it's simple. And I've been telling people lately, because I don't think we share enough in our meetings about the pain that we have to go through to get abstinent. Um, you know, it's painful. You know, I ate ice cream every single day. So to go a day without ice cream was painful to me, physically painful for me. Um, and when I came in uh, uh, almost 18 years ago or over 18 years ago, uh you know, they talked about that pain. They talked about that pain, and they also talked about this disease being a fatal disease. And they talked about it so much that it scared me. You know, when I went to my first few meetings, I thought I was going to die the next day, the way, they, the, the way they were saying how fatal and how, you know, how the disease is, how bad the disease is. But I don't... I don't hear that a lot. So I haven't been hearing some things that I used to hear a lot. So I, I discovered or I came to the conclusion that now it's time for me to say it. I used to hear it. Now it's time for me to say it. So I'm just really grateful for this program. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Dorita P. Shari KB, please go ahead. 
Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California. Very grateful Recovery Compulsive Reader, and thank you so much for your service, Kathy, and everybody on the line, and welcome newcomers. Um, if you're as serious alcoholic as we were, and, you know, I I consider myself a chronic compulsive overeater, and when I looked up the word chronic, it scares me. Always present, troubling, marked by dur- long duration, um, troubling, weakling, frequent reoccurrences. But always present really just scared me because what it's telling me is that my disease will always be present and that I have two choices. I can go out to the bitter end. I can, you know, try to do it my way and, and go unconscious, and or I can accept spiritual help. And to me, spiritual help means to get in this book, to do the steps, to be able to live and uh, have a relationship with a power greater than myself because there's no middle of the road for somebody like me. It's either I'm either in, I want to live, and and by live, means living in these steps and my life is so much far better living in these steps than I ever did face down in the food and that no human aid could have relieved any of this and that's what I really have gotten working these steps and living in the steps because I was always doing it my way and I was always pushing and every resource I ever tried uh, never worked for me, and I always thought what was wrong with me. And until I understood my disease, that I have a twofold illness, and that I have a mental obsession, a physical allergy to the body, and that no human aid could relieve my alcoholism, my my compulsive overeating, um, I was going to do it my way. And until I got into this work and started working the steps and became more alive um, within myself and started dealing with what was between my ears rather than just the physical aspect of, of my disease because that's what I was always thinking my problem was. It was just the physical aspect, and it wasn't. There was so much more going on between my ears than there was in, in the weight in my entire body. And so I had to, to, to do, I had a choice here. Was I going to pick up the spiritual toolkit laid at my feet, or was I going to continue to be face down in the food and try um, time after time after time to be beaten down by this disease? And it was a choice I had to make. And I love what it says here when it says this we did because we honestly wanted to and we were willing to make the effort Um, because that's what it is about is honestly wanting to do this and wanting to get well and, you know, being recovered. I'm never cured, but I'm recovered and being able to deal with life what's put in front of me with the help of my higher power and the steps and living in 10, 11, and 12, yes, I still have problems like a lot of people were saying, but I know what to do with it now, and I don't have to be face down on the food anymore, and neither do you. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Katie F., please go ahead. Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater, and um, just setting my timer here. Um Yes, so I'm on vacation right now in Hawaii where I lived um, from the age of 23 to 25, and I was in OA at the time um, and thought I was abstinent a lot of the time, but I, it wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't truly abstinent. I was not living. Um, I was in the middle of the road. I was, I was on the fence of um, accepting this program, and um, you know, I really thought that that there wasn't um, the possibility of being abstinent um, and recovered where I would not have the mental obsession. I didn't even know that language, that it was a mental obsession that could be lifted. And, you know, as, I, as I'm here now, 35 years later, um, it's a completely different experience because I'm fully present. I'm able to, to live my life and to be here and to embrace um, just the beauty and the culture and, um, and just enjoy every moment. And of course, 35 years ago, there were no uh, cell phones and, um, and selfie pictures being taken and all that stuff. But as I've been walking around and doing different things, I've seen people that have that dead look in their eyes and um, people who are just, uh, constantly on their phones and not engaging in what's going on around them. And, um, 
that's what I would be doing. That's what I would be, um, all I would be capable, capable of until I finally, you know, had to hit a new bottom when I was living back in Virginia. Um, two years later, I finally realized that, um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't following the program. I wasn't doing what I was told. I wasn't doing, um, you know, what this says, um, uh, to be willing to make the effort. I thought I was willing. There's someone unmuted. Um, I thought I was unmuted. I'm sorry. Um, it's 5 o'clock in the morning here, so I'm a little bit distracted with not being fully awake. But um, I was never willing to really do what the program told me to do. And I'm so grateful for this meeting um, that gives clear-cut direction that we're not, you know, telling people, well, you can try this or you can do that, but, you know, if you don't really want to do that, you don't have to. You know, we have to put the food down, and that's what I was never willing to do. I never really put the food down completely. I never was honest about what my binge foods were and tried to eat them moderately. Uh, You know, not the obvious things, but the less obvious things. And you know, today I can be fully present in my life and I can enjoy it and I can um, feel my feelings and live through them. There's always someone there to help me. There's always someone there to identify and I don't have to um, go back to that bitter morass of self pity. I am so grateful. Thank you, Katie F. Ashley P., please go ahead. Ashley P., are you there? Press star one. Hi, this is Ashley P., recovered in Northern California. Can I be heard? Yes. Sorry about that. I was trying to move from my uh, headphones to my phone. Um, yeah, I I really love these paragraphs, uh, this paragraph, and um, thank you, everybody, for your service and to all the shares um, that have already um, gone today. Um, So what's speaking to me this morning is um, uh, first the line, we were in a position where life was becoming impossible. And if we had passed into the region from which there is no return through through human aid, we had but two alternatives. And that just, um, it makes me think about my life and um, all of the diets and all of the human aid solutions that um, I try to rely on, um, which for a while really included um, higher powering my meal plan and nutritionists and and, um, believing that the food, which was the problem, was also going to be the the solution. If I just got the perfect meal plan, then, then I, then I would be fine. And, um, I, I didn't prioritize the steps. I didn't prioritize, um, this book. Um, but it also makes me think that all of that time when I was doing that was for a reason, um, because it, it brought me to what the other shares are talking about that fork in the road, um, where I'm either going to keep doing that or I'm going to get really, really, really desperate and um, finally uh, accept spiritual help. And that's um, where I remember getting to when um, I came into the rooms these time, this time. And, and that's the gift that I've been given um, on a, a regular basis, that, that gift of, um, of desperation to uh to accept spiritual help um and and to begin listening to um other people and their guidance um through this book and and these steps um i remember getting down on my knees um in my childhood bedroom and really praying to god to be done this time and to come back into the rooms and 
do the work. And, and the difference with that prayer than other prayers is that I really know, really meant it. Um, so reading this paragraph, the, the line that just really melts my heart is this we did because we honestly wanted to, and we were willing to make the effort. Um, uh, that honest desire to, uh, to, to do the work um, and the willingness to make the effort. That's time? Yes. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to make a pitch for um, the willingness to become willing uh, prayer because that has really helped me in, in this. Um, and I pass. Thank you, Ashley. Maya S., please go ahead. Thank you so much. Thank you very, very much for everyone. <clears throat> that makes this meeting possible. My name is Leah S., and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. So if you are as seriously alcoholic as we are, as I am, as I had come into program, it came to a turning point for me. This was the turning point. It's either or. You're going to just blot it out again and eat your way to death, or you're going to accept the spiritual help. To me, it was difficult because I thought at first this is a cult of some kind or whatever. But it, it is not. It is your own spiritual conception. And um, in a paragraph previous to this one, it says the great fact, and the fact is that there have been and there are deep and effective spiritual experiences that I am going through. These could not happen these could not happen, starting with my food, for crying out loud, that other people are binging on stuff that I used to binge on that can sit over there and that I, I don't even look at it and that it doesn't even interest me, that my change, whatever I have changed within myself, has come gradually, very gradually, and that not only has it come gradually, but the fact that I want to change continuously, that I didn't bargain for, that I didn't even think about. And, 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 and there are so many things that are happening different in my life that I've always aspired to and I have always wanted. But, you know, one day with my procrastinations that I used to have, and today, it is such a different life. It is such a wonderful, wonderful life that I look forward to, that I don't, um, I, I don't look for my bed and my hiding and, and my whatnot. What Thank you, God. Thank you very much for letting me share. And I pass. Thank you, Leah S. We have time for three or four more shares. Beth B. Ginger C. Donna W. Donna W. Elaine B. Ginger C. Reggie O. Um, You're going too fast for me. I'm sorry. Beth B. Leah T. D. That's all I got. Elaine B. Elaine B. Who was that after Elaine? Stephanie N. Stephanie N. Okay. One more? Reggio. Reggio. Thank you, Reggie. Let's see if we can get you all in. We may not. Try. Beth B., please go ahead. Good morning, everyone. This is Beth B. from Charlottesville, Virginia. May I be heard? Yes. Um, the thing that was really calling out to me uh, as I listened to everybody share and as I listened to the reading um, is is how have I personally uh, experienced this blotting out of my wakefulness? Um, and uh, so one of the things that came up for me uh, today was yesterday I had gone to a um, a face to face meeting and I often find myself making unnecessarily unnecessary judgments toward others and that 
that's very difficult for me to uh, admit, but it is one of the ways that my character defects help me get me into a place where I want to blot out the uh, the pain of, for instance, social isolation that I perceive. It's not necessarily uh, the case. It's just that my brain has decided, whether it be real or fancied, I'm being outcast. And so that's one of the examples that I had to share about how I get into a place where I feel like I need to blot out my wakefulness with food. And um, thank God that that I've been uh, blessed with uh, great insight from so many people on this line about how to get out of that terrible cycle of pain. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I've got the uh, the tools at my disposal and I use them. The second thing that uh, I wanted to point out is that, and I hear this line a lot, and it's the half measures line. And uh, half measures, to me, uh, I interpret that as anything that I think, anything that is my way is a half measure. <laughs> because this book, this textbook is pretty straightforward, and, and, and as far as that I can tell, that the directions are pretty clear. So anytime that I think I want to tweak a direction or I don't want to go all the way through with a step, that's a half measure. And uh, I wanted to share that because that that kind of simplified it for me and helped helped me see that, you know, it's not perfection I'm seeking, okay? I'm not seeking perfection. I've got enough problems with that in my life. I'm seeking recovery. Which is which lies within a, a power greater than myself, and that is going to help me live in a state of sanity. So anything extreme is, a, you know, anytime I hang my hat on something that I feel like I have to do perfectly, that's insanity. Um, so I wanted to share that as some of the uh, thoughts that I uh, had during the reading and during the shares and. Um, Thank you so much for letting me share my experience, and with that, I pass. <coughs> yes, good morning, Leah TD. Well, hi. Thank you for everyone. Beautiful meeting. Um, I love the passage here. You know, you know, I crossed the region, and there's no return from it. And I always remember, you know, and I they said they say, uh, you know, you. You became a pickle. You're no longer a cucumber, and and that was that's that's why I had to really understand that I'm never going to go back to being a cucumber. I am a pickle. It's over. I'm never going to be a normal eater. It's not going to happen. No matter how old I am, no matter how long you, it doesn't change. I'm a pickle, and I was thinking, sorry if it's blotting out. You know, taking a paper towel and trying to get that pickle blot out all the wetness so it looks a little bit more like cucumber which is what I did my whole life you know maybe if I just wear black clothes and hide out the the fat or maybe you know it's okay to accept that I am just a heavy person you know accept this is a family thing you know some people are heavy some people are not maybe I just need to accept or live in that you know giving excuses to people why I can't be in that event or the other event you know or going to doctors, avoiding being with my children because I have a reason, you know, I just kind of accept the little, little, little life, you know, and just make it pretty, you know, and deny, being in denial, and, you know, and that's how I lived for a long time, and so I don't have choices here, I have alternatives, and, you know, I never, I read this many, many times, I, you know, I went to God not because I chose, you know, because I understood that I'm never, it's just nothing is going to change, going to be that way forever. And I was willing to take the steps, which is, you know, committing to a food plan and stay away from my alcoholic foods and behaviors and work the steps on a daily basis. And that, that didn't mean that I was all happy. Uh, it, there was no conditions there. I didn't even care if I'm going to lose the weight or not lose the weight. It really didn't matter. I needed a reprieve for a day because I was so beat up. So um, I'm grateful that, you know, I hit that place of desperation, despair, and surrender. 
And uh, I pray and hope that this will happen to all of anyone who's suffering. I'll pass. Thank you, Leah TD. Um, Elaine B., please go ahead. Thank you very much for your service, Kathy. This is Elaine B., recovered in Massachusetts. At the top of page 24 here in there's a solution, which is step one reading. It says at a certain point in the drinking of every alcoholic, he passes into a stage where the most powerful desire to stop drinking is of absolutely no avail. This tragic solution has already happened, arrived in practically every one of us long before it's suspected. So we didn't even know we passed into this condition where we're beyond human aid. There is no return through human aid. I tried human aid. Human aid did not work for me. Finally, I just decided that's okay. I'll just have fat serenity. You know, I'll just, I'll just accept the fact that I'm obese and there's nothing I can do about it. But um, thank God I was motivated to come into the rooms. And when I did, I saw two kinds of people. I saw people who had this sense of serenity and stability as well as right-sized bodies. And then there was everybody else. Those people in the first category talked about doing the steps, working the steps. And so um, this is a spiritual program. It is a spiritual solution. But you know what? We don't know what step that's going to happen on. I wish it happened to me at step one, and all of a sudden everything was miraculously removed, you know, white light experience. I did have that with some other things, but it never happened with food. But now I'm really grateful because of the spiritual program of action. My higher power keeps me very close on a very short leash, and I need my higher power not just for my food problem because blotting out the consciousness of my intolerable situation was much less about what I was eating than it was about what was eating me. And I just wanted to numb out, so I ate and ate and ate. But now that I've had a spiritual experience and I have a design for living that helps me walk it out day one day at a time, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, you know, my, my problems change every day. What's eating me changes every day, but I don't have to eat over it because of um, this relationship that I have with a higher power and this way that I've learned tools that help me figure out what's eating me and, and get the poo off my shoe, as my sponsor says, and to, to grow in my spiritual relationship with this higher power who brought me in by the food, wanted to solve that, uh, that problem, but actually wants to help me with every problem I face with my, in my life. And um, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Elaine B. Um, okay, we have Stephanie and Reggie. If you each take two minutes, we'll be okay. Stephanie, go ahead, please. Okay, I'll try to keep it brief. Um, this is Stephanie N. Recovering Canvas. And the part I was focusing on is um, the honestly wanting to do this. And um, I am at that point. I've been at that point for a while now. And I just feel like it's all grace for my higher power. When I first started working with my sponsor, she would ask me, how free do you want to be? Or tell me how measures of illness, nothing. And I, it didn't resonate because I didn't know that I could be free. And I thought, well, if half measures have me nothing, then I maybe I don't want to do this. But for whatever reason, my higher power gave me the grace to be willing to keep moving forward and to keep doing what I needed to do. Um, and um, now on those days that I'm feeling spiritually off, I beg God, you know, please don't let me go back to the food and um, please help me to see my part because I've experienced the freedom of recovery, and it's amazing. I feel like I've just started living in this last, um, you know, two years of recovery. I feel like I've just started living, and we have had the most stressful financial year, my husband and I, and we had a health crisis with one of our kids, and we had a scare at work, and through all of that, I was able to see God working and the beauty and just God's hand in all of it, and I was able to stay abstinent, and that's a miracle. That It's a miracle that I wanted this more than I wanted the food, that I honestly wanted the program. I honestly wanted this, and I it's because of that freedom, the freedom that I never knew could exist, and it's, um, you know, God is doing for me what I couldn't do for myself, and for that I'm so grateful. 
and I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. Reggie, can you, can you take a minute? Will that work for you? Sure, that's that's great, Kathy. And thanks for your service, Reggie. Oh, and um, Los Angeles area, gratefully recovered today. And, uh, you know, I was just looking at this. If we had passed into the region from which there was no return through human aid, uh, you know, it doesn't say that uh, there is no return. It says there's no return through human aid. And then we had, you know, two alternatives to blot out the consciousness of our intolerable situation to the bitter end <laughs> or to accept spiritual help. And um, I love what someone said earlier. I say this to remind myself my problem was not so much what I was eating, but what was eating me, which is, you know, the 11 and a half of the 12 steps and um, accepting spiritual help. <clears throat> we did because we honestly wanted to and were willing to make the effort. And the effort is the, the 12 steps, you know, is, is doing the 12 steps and clearing out my channel, myself, so that I am available to hear and see and know and accept the spiritual help. And uh, that is the spiritual awakening. That is the spiritual experience. And um, just really grateful to see that uh, I have my part. God has God's part. And uh, we work together. So thank you so much for uh, letting me share this morning. Thank you, Reggio. It is now time to close the meeting. Uh, we will close with the reading big book on page 164. Ashley P., would you please read, Our Book is Meant to be Suggestive Only. Hi, this is Ashley P., recovered in Northern California. Can I be heard? Yes. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it, see to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you.